What's up, everybody? How's it going? Hope it's all good with you and yours. Regardless, though, welcome back to another episode of Trivia Rewrites. We are happy to have you, and we appreciate you tuning in. On this week's episode, uh, we, we talk a little bit about, of course, the presidential presidential debates. Kind of difficult not to, talk, not to talk about that this week, regardless of your political opinions. We don't take sides, but we do talk about interesting trivia facts around presidential debates, and uh, we get into that a little bit. Of course, it wouldn't be trivia rewrite without sports. That seems to be the uh, the easy go-to for new trivia each week, considering how uh, records are consistently broken as athletes continue to get stronger, faster, and just genuinely better. You know, we, we take a moment to, to dedicate a, a little bit of the podcast to our future overlord. Uh, you know him, you love him, you use him every day, Jeff Bezos. We talk a little bit about new technologies coming from Amazon. Not the forest, but rather the uh, the large corporation. Bad joke. Anyway, um, on the hot seat segment for this week, we have my segment, which was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. After seeing her passing, and I just didn't, I realized I didn't know much about her, so I wanted to learn a little bit more myself, and so chose her. I think I performed decently. Um, given her life and the stuff she accomplished, I don't think she would have been proud of my performance. But And then Demo's topic of discussion for this week's hot seat was the history of trampolines. We'd been... Uh, Bouncing around this idea in our minds for a while now, but we decided to finally commit to it, and uh, it was it was interesting and led to a uh, a thousand very bad puns. And uh, just just if you're a fan of bad comedy, this is the episode for you. But anyway, that's enough for me. I don't want to keep you from it any longer. So without any more delay, let's get on into this week's episode of Trivia Rewrites. Welcome to Trivia Rewrites, where we look at how the news is changing trivia. Today is September 30th, 2020. I'm your host, Demo, and this is my co-host, Hibbs. What's up, man? Not much. We're recording this you... the day before, so we just... The right, yeah. presidential debate. Just got finished watching that. <sighs> you have any hot takeaways? Let's get into it. Let's get political. That was for... uh, <laughs> lots of interruptions and bitter insults and... <laughs> All sorts of I, stuff. I mean, I thought it was a, a step in the right direction of, <laughs> hey, both these individuals are human beings and they get pissed off when people interrupt them. And I don't know how it's taken that long for, for people to snap. Anyway, this is a, this is a trivia show. Where this is Hibbs, not a politics show. Hibbs and I have looked at uh, the weekly news and tried to come up with some trivia questions about it, whether there's a new record or... Or just the answer to a previous trivia question has changed. Um, but to start us off, Hibbs has some This Day in History trivia. This Day in History trivia. On this day in 1882, in what state was the Vulcan Street Plant put into operation? To give you a little bit of a background, the Vulcan Street Plant was located on the Fox River and was the first hydroelectric plant to serve both private and commercial customers in the United States. Hmm. What year? 1882. I don't know, and I don't know okay. where the Fox River is, but... You, you do? You don't? Or do I you don't. Know where the Fox... Okay. So, Pennsylvania, I'll say. Wisconsin. Oh. Appleton, Wisconsin. That's my Wisconsin accent. I don't know how to say anything else in Wisconsin except, except Wisconsin. Name. Well, it's a good word to know how to say. I guess. Because then people know what accent you're doing. <laughs> Just drives the... That's how I do all of them. England! <laughs> that's how i do all my accents i just yeah, say exactly that. it's the perfect word yeah anyway okay good all right uh oh damn another hydroelectric question <laughs> on this day in wow. 1935 uh-huh. what dam bordering the states of arizona and nevada was dedicated unless you're throwing a real curveball it's not a curveball. i would say the hoover dam Hoover Dam was dedicated on this day in 1935. Mm. Um, and now the majority of the work for the Hoover Dam on this day in 1935 was completed. They were still tying up a couple loose ends with the whole power, uh, the powerhouse of the, of the whole dam. Uh, the mitochondria but, of the dam. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And But the dedication of the dam was actually shifted forward a, a few weeks or months. I'm not quite sure on how far forward in order to coincide with the Western tour of which president? This is 1930, you said? 1930, 1935. Oh, 35. 35. So this would have been FDR then. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I forget that you have all the presidents memorized. Well, okay. Well... Well, what, what, you're, what are you going to say back to that? Do you not have all the presidents? No, he was just, yeah, okay. He, but he was president 
in that time. I in 1935, like. I feel like you which might you have, have known memorized. that. I feel like you might have got that. Oh, Demo. Oh, dear Demo. <laughs> no. I love... <laughs> Didn't know that? Okay. No, man. Um, <laughs> another quick little Hoover Dam question. Oh. What's the name of the lake that is formed behind the dam once it was put up? Got him, folks. I think I might have got him. I, isn't it, I, for some reason I want to say like Lake Mead, but I don't think that's right. What what is, where's Lake? Lake Mead? You tell me. I'm just going to say you, that. You tell I me. Ha- I don't have a better, <laughs> I don't have a better answer. It is Lake Mead. Okay. Stick with your gut. All it's right. a good gut. Um, nicely done. And then wrapping up this segment on this day in 1932, the first televised American football game was aired. Ooh. What network aired the game? NBC. NBC is the correct answer. Oh, who is it? Notre Dame or somebody like that? or uh, oh, A college football game, and it was Waynesburg versus Fordham. Wow. Fordham. Big matchup. Yes. <laughs> the Waynesburg Yellow Jackets scored seven points, and the Fordham Rams scored 34. Wow, blowout, too. Yeah. What surprised, I'm surprised football is still on the air after that was the, if that was their first game. But okay. <laughs> nice. Good ones. That's it. That's all that happened on this day. That's everything that's happened on September 30th throughout history. Wow. Yeah. Busy day. Uh, So now we're going to move on to the trivia rewrites portion of the show. So this is the topical portion where we're going to come up with some, or we've come up with questions about things that have happened or new records that have been set, and we're going to ask those to each other. So I've got a whole, whole section here about sports, and then we're not going to talk about it probably for the rest of the show so the sports questions go ahead i think i said 1932 if i did i apologize it's 1939 i don't know if that would change anything but i want uh, to be clear that it was 1939 that the first uh football game between waynesburg and fordham was aired on nbc well thank you for being so diligent with your dates (sighs) yes all right sorry to interrupt you well speaking of uh historic television broadcasts yep for the first time in 25 years, the MLB postseason will be appearing on what television network? The first time in 25 years. Yep. Sorry, what network TV station? So it's one of the big ones. It's not just... Right, right, right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to guess like um, NBC would be a fantastic. I would, I would love for it to be NBC just for continuity reasons. Um, <laughs> but... I'm gonna go like I'm gonna guess like CBS. I'm not quite sure how long CBS has been around. I don't know if they've been around for 25 years. But... Yeah, definitely they have. But okay. the answer is ABC. So oh, ABC is getting its first MLB postseason game since Game Five of the 1995 World Series uh, because ABC and NBC split the series that year. <laughs> Can you tell me? Do you know who was in the series that year? 1995. <laughs> 1995. Yeah. They were a big I'm time. Guess the Yankees. Okay. Because it's an easy guess. Yep. Um, and then Yankees versus I don't know. Who I don't know. Is, is the Yankees even correct? It is not. That's a good guess. Okay. They were well, hot in the late nineties, but not quite in ninety five. So in ninety five it was actually the Atlanta Braves beat the Cleveland Indians. Huh. And the Atlanta Braves were kind of in the middle of their "Quote unquote dynasty." They appeared in five World Series in the 1990s, but that was the only one that they won. They lost all four of the other ones. But oh, yikes! That was peak Atlanta Braves time. Greg Maddox. I know that name. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, one more baseball one. Yeah. Uh, which New York Yankees infielder made history by clinching the American League batting title Sunday, and he became the first player in the modern era to win a batting title? In both the American League and the National League. The first player in common era, is that what you said? In the modern era. He's only modern the second era. player to do it ever, but he won. he's had the best uh, batting percentage. Now, I don't even have a guess for you. I don't know any of the names right now. His name was DJ LeMayhew. DJ LeMayhew currently holds the record for what the highest batting average, is that what you said? Well, he won the batting title, yeah, which is okay. the highest batting average, but he, he won it in the American League this year for the Yankees, but he had previously won it in 2016 for the Rockies in the National League. So he's only the second player in history to win it in both leagues. Who was the first? His name was Ed Delahunty, 
and he played and- <laughs> Delahanty, oh. and he played from 1888 until 1903. So that was a Man. long time ago. But that, I mean, I guarantee he he had to have grown up in New York, and he had to be like the guy that was hitting bottle caps on the broomstick with that kind of name, just Delahanty. That's probably Della where the, that's probably where his team found him. They found him hitting bottle caps, and they're like, "You could probably do well at the major leagues," and they just signed him immediately. Probably there weren't that many people back there. Okay, basketball. You know a little basketball. bit about basketball. This one's easier. Which Laker is making his 10th NBA Finals appearance, moving him into a tie for third place on the all-time list with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? That has to be LeBron James. I don't know who else it could be. LeBron James. LeBron James LeBron. has now made 10 Finals appearances. Or this is this is his 10th. This is his 10th. And right. he's like, what, like eight of the last 10 Finals he's been a part of or something like that? Something like that. But yeah, he's only got the three rings. So he's looking for his fourth out of 10, but... yeah. Follow-up question. Do you know who has the most NBA Finals appearances of any player? Ooh. Is it a name that I would know, or is it going to be like a... Uh, I mean, he's a basketball legend, but he's not... Uh, he's a little bit older. Right. Can you give me some... Do you have the dates? He was on the chance? 60s Celtics teams. He oh, was like the, the guy that was the, the big... Their big star of those 60s Celtics teams. They won like... 10 out of 11 or something like that crazy but the 60s it's not it's not bird is it it's not larry bird it's a little before yeah. his time so this guy's right, name right, right. is you want me to just give it to you yeah i'm not gonna know it uh bill russell Might bill russell there that's you go. right he yes has i saw a picture of him recently yeah he looks like he played in the 60s <laughs> 12 rough. nba finals appearances for him but lebron's at 10 so maybe one day lebron will get there it's pretty good moving on to hockey the last sports okay. question. Lots of sports here. The Dallas Stars lost the Stanley Cup final in wham, game wham. six to which NHL team? <laughs> Who is their opponent in the final? <laughs> oh, man. I should really open up a newspaper every now and then. Um, was it the Jersey Devils? It was not the New mm-hmm. Jersey Devils. It was the their Florida team. Does that help you? Oh, yeah. It was a Florida team. Um, we talked about it a couple days ago that it was a Florida team that won the um, I think even when we talked about it a couple of days ago, I even said, I don't even know who's playing. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay. Do you know the team? Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Lightning is their name. So they, and they won their second cup. Their first one being in 2004. There we go. That's all I got for sports. Are you sure we can talk more about it? I mean, them? I had a few more if you want to keep going, but let's, let's not. I don't think it's smart to do that. Let's kick it back to you. You've got a question about technology, science. Both? I have I have two separate questions, one about technology, one about science. All right. I'll ask you both of those, and I'll let you decide which falls in what category. Excellent. Starting with this one. Duracell, the loved battery company, has announced a change in their batteries in the attempt to keep children safe from swallowing them. The small coin-like batteries, or button batteries, are now to be manufactured with a bitter-tasting coating in order to discourage ingestion. Everyone's familiar with the AA, AAA, and like the D-cell batteries and stuff like that. But the small coin disc-like batteries, I, just, I always call them watch batteries. Button cell, but yeah. Button cells. Do you know their actual terminology oh. for those small batteries? What are they actually called? Like uh, disc. Disc batteries. I don't know. Okay. It's a good guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They are 2032, oh, what's 2025, that? Oh. and 2016 batteries, referring to the diameter oh. and then the height hmm. in millimeters. So a 2032 is a 20 millimeter in diameter battery and a 32 millimeter. Okay, tall. so you just wanted like the, the specific names for the, the batteries themselves? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry, 20. did I make that clear with my question? No, it's fine. I didn't really know the answer anyway, but yeah. But, um, I thought there was yeah. like a collective term for them that wasn't button cell. That I, was, but yeah, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, like it was like the actual, I guess, sizing. Yeah. They're um, coating their like, batteries in, in bitter tasting stuff. Mm-hmm. That like, way, when you put it in your mouth, you want to spit it out versus swallow it. Because apparently, right now, they're tasty. So they decided, <laughs> you know what? Let's scrap the candy coating. They're like, yeah, this honey coating we're putting on these things, it's really not working. Yeah. And, and these babies are just, <laughs> they never stop. They just, can't they read? You're not supposed to swallow yeah. it. 
Um, they've been crawling for hours. I don't know. I feel like putting it, I guess it would make you spit it out if it was bitter. But I feel like if it's already in your mouth and it's bitter. And encourages swallowing? I, well, I feel like it might not, you know what I mean? Like you just want to get the flavor out of your mouth. I don't know that the easiest way would be to spit it out. But I get what they're going for. Right. I mean, at least it's something. It's an attempt. They should make it shock you when it, you put it in your mouth. Make it a stronger <laughs> voltage and then it just like zaps yeah. you. And just like hit some sort of wiring in your brain that like it, it overrides your ability to swallow. So yeah. you can't, you couldn't swallow it if you wanted to. Just like a little, mini, little mini taser in a battery. Call us Duracell. We got you. <laughs> okay. Duracell R&D. I'm ready for it. Was that all you had about the batteries? Yeah, that's all I had about the batteries. Okay, let's let's go me, and then we'll go back to you for the last one, and then little volleyball trivia. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So, well, we just talked about it at the top of the show, Donald Trump and Joe Biden squared off in the first debate tonight. Bing ding. Tuesday. Well, I guess technically, the podcast is coming out on Wednesday, but we're recording a day early. Uh, yes. Can you tell me where that debate took place? What city? I'll take a city. Oh, it was at a university. I know that much. Uh huh. Um, Delaware. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> that is a place. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was actually in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, uh, why Cleveland? Why anywhere, honestly? But, okay. That's just where it was. It was at the the health I mean, campus, <laughs> the Samson Pavilion on the health education campus of the Cleveland Clinic, apparently, in Cleveland, Ohio. Interesting. A little bit of history about presidential debates. Do you know when the first televised presidential debate was? Or first presidential debate of any kind between two candidates. Of any kind between two candidates. Hmm. Um, it wasn't like, I would assume back in like 1770, like eight or something like that. Mm, you would think, but, but uh, it was uh, actually the first time the debates were televised. So do you want to revise your guess? Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I would at least guess 1931 because I really would like to think that. Uh-huh. Oh, I'd really like to think that the first presidential debate was aired before the first football game. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm going to go like 19, 1926. So it was actually, the first televised presidential debate was actually 1960. JFK, Richard Nixon. That was the first president. Televised, president, well, was televised the first, and, and debate? Right. Prior to that, there had been some, uh, like obviously they had debates amongst the like the democratic candidates would have a debate and right a couple times that happened beforehand but never before had the two candidates from the major parties debated so the first time that they ever debated was the televised one in 1960 um kind of the precursor yeah, kind of makes sense yeah kind of the precursor to it though was you know have you ever heard of the lincoln douglas debates i've yeah i've heard so about that him. was a series of debates between abraham lincoln and Stephen Douglas, Senator Stephen Douglas, and they did seven debates face to face uh, with no moderator. The first person took an hour and spoke uninterrupted. The second person spoke for an hour and a half uninterrupted, and then the se- the first person spoke for a half hour. And they did that seven times, <laughs> and they became Yikes. these. It, it was kind of like the basis of which, like debating in a public way, uh, was established. Those Lincoln-Douglas right. debates. Can you imagine that now? If it was like, that was the debate format now? Just one hour, uninterrupted talking, and then the next guy just talks for 90 minutes. I mean, isn't that kind of like what a, isn't that what a rally is? Yeah, Like whenever one of these kind of. people have, like, that's why I, I, I don't understand the point of a debate in my, like, because, like, I understand the point of a debate. I don't understand the point of a presidential debate because by the time you get to that point, yeah. You should be pretty clear on what you, on where they stand on what policies. Right. Like it's not like, oh, that was your climate change issue. Oh, that's <laughs> that's where you stand on taxes. Yeah, I guess oh, it's just I'm more of a way to like get money from viewership on television. Well, that too, for sure. Um so there was the nineteen sixty debate, going back to that a little bit. Well, I don't know, this is probably too deep into history, but it was expected that Nixon would have the kind of the upper hand because he had a lot of uh, he had good knowledge of foreign policy and he was previously the vice president. So people expected him to do well in the debate. But because it was on TV, kind of appearance played a lot of factor. So Nixon appeared at the bit like underweight and pale because he didn't want to wear TV makeup that was offered to him. Hmm. And his suit was like blended in with the background 
because he didn't <laughs> a floating ghostly head right so it kind of looked strange so those factors led to a lot of people that watched on tv to think that kennedy actually did much better in the debate so hmm. it kind of kick-started this uh crazy reality tv version of the world that we live in now where everything's about <laughs> well i didn't think either of them looked good they're both like what 79 you know kennedy did well on that public stage and he looked better right. and it's like it kind of led to like okay now we have donald trump who's literally a reality tv star <laughs> right as president so it's like okay fine. kind of the ultimate continuation of that but okay back to you for your science or technology My science one. that one was pretty tech the battery one was pretty technology so I, that's one i labeled technology okay so this is science then this is science although it does fall into technology <laughs> big brother amazon has announced a new technology for their quick shopping stores that will hope uh that they hope will soon transfer over to places such as stadiums concerts and airports this new technology being called the amazon one will allow for patrons to enter stores and purchase goods simply by scanning what amazon one amazon one scanning I mean, the credit card would be the obvious answer, but I don't think that's... <laughs> new technology. You can new now tech. buy goods and services. Well, with... maybe it's just like you scan the credit card when you walk in and then you just... Because I've heard about that as being a new thing. Is like you don't yeah, have to do, pay on the way their... out. You just kind of walk out, but they already know what you have in your cart kind of thing. Uh, right. Your Amazon eyeballs. Go. Your retinas. Retinas. I like where your mind's at. It is your <laughs> palm. That's better. Okay. Yeah, it's it's quicker for sure. But you just like walk and you scan your palm and then you walk in. And like the lazy side of me is like, that would be so nice for like, oh, do you have the tickets for the game? No, I have my palm. Like perfect. Mm. Like that would be nice for purchasing tickets. But then like the conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory side of me is like, I don't like that. No. Now they're going <laughs> to have you. all of our palm prints. What are they going to do with those? I just don't. I just don't like it. Um, but yeah, you're totally right. Like, what would they do with it? I don't know, but still, it's just more information that I've fended off too many census survey people. <laughs> fended off? It's your civic duty. You know how I feel about that. Okay. Scanning your palms. Scanning your palm to purchase groceries. Maybe it would be like, maybe even like use like cameras and stuff like that to like just on your palm. This is a stretch here. Yeah. But like just on your palm can measure like body mass index oh. so when you walk in and scan it'll like compare that to the other times you've been there and be like maybe you avoid the oreos yeah <laughs> maybe you head towards the salads there it's like Austin. uh you ever seen minority report the movie i have not what's it about it's about the it's a sci-fi movie but like everyone's get their eyes scanned when they walk into stores and stuff so like mm -hmm. they get their eyes scanned when they're walking down the street and then advertisements are personalized for them and it goes mr hibbs we recognize, oh. we know you haven't been to the grocery store in a while, like, because it knows they're walking by. Anyway. Dude, sometimes I rant at my Alexa when she starts getting a little too lippy, because I know Jeff is listening. <laughs> you want to go, Jeff? <laughs> Let's go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Jeff. Overlord Jeff. Okay. Overlord. Now it's time. Do you know what the next segment of the show is? Uh, I don't, but you're going to tell me really quickly? <laughs> it's rapid fire trivia. Rapid. Rapid fire. Five quick questions about the weekly news. Five quick answers about those questions. Here we go. Question one. For the first time in the city's history, the pride flag will fly over what Virginia capital in place of its annual pride fest, which had to be canceled this year? Capital of Virginia. Yep. Is Pull up a that city fifth grade that I should know. <laughs> really thinking here. I am trying starts with my an, hardest. It starts with an R. Um, It's not Redmond, is it? No. No, it's, close. it's not Redmond, Virginia. That's close. And that's all that's coming to my mind. Um, it ends in Mund. Redmonton Mund. <laughs> nope. Redmond. It is Richmond. Richmond. <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. Virginia. Question two. The Guinness World Record for fastest time to reach one million uh, followers on Instagram was broken this week by what British broadcaster and natural historian? Oh, it's so funny. I was... He was... I know the guy's name and he was in a song I was listening to recently, mm. which is the only reason I know his name. If it's even this guy, uh, Dave, David Atten Attenborough? Yes. There you go. Nice. Sir David Attenborough. Sir, sorry. Sire. Set the record with uh, four hours and 44 minutes. Suck it, Jennifer Aniston. Exactly. Yes. So previous record, Jennifer Aniston, five hours and 16 minutes. But now it's held by Sir David Attenborough. Question three. 
which former heavyweight boxing champion? What? <laughs> I never thought I'd say suck at Jennifer Aniston in my life. <laughs> which former world heavyweight boxing champion and convicted felon will be allowed to vote for the first time in the state of Nevada thanks to 2019 criminal justice reform law? Interesting. Um, Wording? I mean, I know that question had to be worded that way in order to get the point across, but yeah. it felt like you were like throwing a jab. Um, what year heavyweight? Did you give me a year? I didn't, but oh, okay. he's a famous former boxer. Only famous former boxers I know are Money Mayweather. Okay. Which I don't think he's a convicted felon. Not uh, yet. George Foreman. Okay. Uh, and Mike Tyson. It's one of those. <laughs> well, you told me it wasn't Floyd Money Mayweather. I don't know which one's a convicted felon. I'm, I got to go with Ty- Tyson. Because of the face tattoo. Mike Tyson. Yes. What did he get arrested for? Tyson. He, for? he wasn't. Not only was he arrested, he was convicted to three years in prison for rape and deviant sexual conduct in the early oh. 90s. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's not like, that's not what I want to hear a celebrity no. got arrested for. Nope. Usually, you know, it's like tax evasion. It's like, I trusted the wrong people with my money, but. But uh, yeah, I guess the rape. new there's a new law that allows uh, convicted felons after they've served their time will be allowed to vote in Nevada. That's because no one's voting anymore, so they got to do something to, like, we got to get numbers somehow. Anyway, question four. According to research by scientists at the University of, oh boy, Tübingen, which animal has been shown to be capable of conscious thought for the first time? Is it the first time that a animal and any animal? It's the first time that this specific animal has been shown. this animal. Okay, okay, okay. Uh Um... I'm going to guess, like, <laughs> like earthworm. They're always screwing with the earthworms. Oh, okay. Or, like, a tick or something like it's that. It's something a little smarter than that. It's a bird. Like a What's the crow? smartest? There you go. Crow. Not supposed to be the smartest bird, but they are the smartest bird. There you go. Uh, very small Well, brain, now we have scientific proof. Maybe. That they can think. Uh, so, the results showed that crows have primary or sensory consciousness, which has only uh, previously been demonstrated in primates. Hmm. And all that means is... I read a little bit about the study. They showed the crow yeah. lights and then like series of like light on and then light off. And then sometimes the light would flash really quickly. So it was like almost imperceptible. And what they noticed was when the light either flickered or turned on, uh, there was a certain part of the crow's brain that was activated like it was thinking about whether it was seeing a light or not, which was separate from the actual part of the brain that was handling like the vision. So they noticed oh, that it was okay. actually turning on part of its brain to react to what its eyes had seen. Right. And it was thinking about whether to respond that it had seen a light. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen other videos of like crows doing things that are like I've seen a like uh they put like a, a Cheeto or something like a piece of food <laughs> uh-huh. that floats in like a cylinder that's oh, too yeah, small yeah, for yeah. the crow to be able to like problem eat. solving, yeah. Yeah, and they'll drop like weights into the water to displace the water so they can get the food. So they're they're capable of like problem solving and puzzles and stuff like that. So it doesn't surprise me that they would know what a light is, but <laughs> know what a light is. Question five. I'm just here to undermine science. Which That's all I do. British cruise line is set to launch a series of scenic cruises around the British Isles for the first time in its hundred and eighty year history. The um oh shoot. What's it called? The White Star Liner. So, whatever. kind of, or yes. Or is it the Blue Star? Kind of, like, yes. It's the White Star Line is what you're thinking of, which is mm-hmm. the Titanic's cruise line. And it's right. actually the White Star Line's big competitor, the Cunard Line, or Cunard Line. Uh, okay. But they actually merged. So, technically, you're, sort of, you're sort of correct. I'll take it. Uh, so yeah, it's the best type of correct. The Cunard Line is now going to be having scenic cruises around the British Isles because... A lot of the ports that they used to be able to go to, they can't travel like that anymore because of uh, the COVID. So, oh, that's true. Yeah, we're just gonna. So they're just doing scenic cruises at home now, and that's all I have <laughs> for that. <laughs> Sounds like what someone like what a child did with parents that couldn't afford actually traveling. We're just, okay, we're gonna put you in the closet with a blanket, and you're on a cruise ship. You're you're in the hole. So now we're going to move on to the hot seat segment of the show. So this is where yes. Hibbs and I have chosen a special topic for the week, done Super some special. research on it, and our co-hosts are going to ask us questions about that topic to see if our research has paid off. So last week, 
Which topic did you choose? I chose a topical topic of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, former Ruth Supreme Bader. Court justice. Yes. So is it is it former? Well, she's not current. Well, no, but you still call you like it's like it's still President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh yeah. Still president. I mean, apparently it's still vice president Biden, which yeah. I mean, nothing nothing for or against Biden, but you don't get to keep that title. President, sure, fine. Vice president, <laughs> vice president no, no, no. no way. Yeah, I guess you're right. Supreme Court justice. I guess I said it, former because it's like so recent, just to like. Oh, it's a genuine question. Like, is that one of those things that keeps the title? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. So here we go. I have parentheses former a number of questions about Ruth Bader Ginsburg for you, Hibbs, and okay, we're gonna see how you do. We're well, you yeah, will see. I did a little bit of research. I listened to some podcasts. I learned a lot because I honestly, one of the things, one of the reasons I chose to have her as my hot seat topic was because I saw a lot of people like genuinely mourning her death. And it's hard to know if it's like, okay, are you just looking for like the, are you looking for the hashtag RIP RGB likes on Instagram? Are you trying to jump on that like social media train right. or are you genuinely upset that she's passed? So that was kind of one of the reasons I wanted to dive into her. So I learned a lot about her. So hopefully... Hopefully uh, this isn't a complete. Hopefully just it shows storm. And if we'll it see. doesn't, we, we hey, still would have learned still things. Winner. We'll still learn yeah. things. Yeah. Hibs. Yes. You are on the Ruth Bader Ginsburg hot seat. <laughs> Your first question. Uh, this is kind of in uh, biographical form again. So we're starting. Okay. Childhood sure. going on through adult life. Uh, Joan Ruth Bader was born March fifteenth, nineteen thirty-three in Brooklyn, New York, uh, second daughter of Celia and Nathan Bader. Um, as a child, her family called her by a nickname given to her by her sister. What was that nickname? Her nickname was uh, Kiki, and she was called Kiki because she was a kicky baby. Very good. Kiki. Thank you. Kiki, Kiki, I guess. Maybe her name was Kiki, and they just spelled it like that. I don't know. <laughs> Right, I mean, or a lot of like nicknames start off with like, oh yeah, Kiki, Kiki, and we you can't, her can't Kiki? call her Kiki? Kiki. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but um, when she started school, her mother noticed that there were a lot of other Jones in her class, so that's why she asked her teacher to start calling her Ruth. So that's why she's known known as Ruth in her adult life. Oh, I know that. I thought it was just like I, I didn't. I I missed that one whenever I was doing my research. I thought it was just like. She just shifted everything down when she got married. Oh. <laughs> she was just like, like typewritered her name. <laughs> Ding. See you, Joan. Uh, okay. Question two. Enough joking yeah. around. This is serious stuff. I'm a jokester, man. What can I say? Later on, Ruth attended which Ivy League university where she earned a bachelor's degree in government? She was the highest ranking female in her class. Bachelor's degree in government, not her law. Not her yes, law this degree. is her undergraduate degree. Okay. Um, it. It's Corn- Cornell, correct? Cornell. Cornell. Woo. <laughs> Colonel. Colonel. <laughs> Good old Ruth Bader. <laughs> While Kiki at Cornell, she met Martin D. Ginsburg, a fellow student, and they were married a month after her graduation from Cornell. In the fall of 1956, Ginsburg enrolled at Harvard Law School, where she was one of only nine women in a class of over 500 men. Uh, when her husband took a job in New York City... Ginsburg transferred to which prestigious law school in that city? Oh, she transferred from Harvard to Columbia. Nice. Columbia Law School. Whew. And in 1959, she earned her degree in law at Columbia, and she was tied for first in her class. Mm-hmm. At the start of her legal career, Ginsburg encountered difficulty in finding employment. In 1960, Supreme Court Justice Felix Frankfurter rejected Ginsburg for a clerkship's position due to her gender. She later had accepted a position with Edmund Palmieri after one of her law professors threatened to never recommend another Columbia student if Palmieri didn't agree to give Ginsburg the position. Uh, she stayed at that position for two years. That was just a little story. I thought it was interesting how yeah. she had such difficulty finding a job. <laughs> I knew, yeah, I knew there was school. a lot of difficulty. Yeah. I even knew that, like, um, I can't remember the name, but two of her fellow, like, students from uh, either Harvard or columbia uh columbia they were the law firm they were working at they were looking for someone to they're looking for a clerk and they recommended her 
oh. as a former classmate. Yeah, yeah. And the head of the law firm, his response was just um, was like, "Oh, you don't know how that you don't know how it works here. It's clearly you're new. We don't hire women." And it's just like it's weird to hear that in a recent. Because, like, I, I mean, I get that as a young guy being in the field where I get, oh, you don't know how it works here. You can't just, like, you Do know, something. whenever. Clearly, it's not nearly as intense as, you know, um, getting misjudged for your gender. But it's not like, oh, you don't know. You clearly don't know how the real world works. And it's weird how just in the 80s, 70s, whenever it was exactly, I can't remember the top 60s. of my head. 60s. Yeah. It was like, you know, so 60 years ago it was, oh, you don't know how this works. We don't hire women. It's like, what? It's cra- it was crazy to hear that story. Anyway. From 1961 to 1963, Ginsburg was a research associate and then uh, associate director of the Columbia Law School Project on Internal Procedure. She co-authored a book with Anders Brazelis on civil procedure. Ginsburg conducted extensive research for the book at Lund University in which European country? Sweden. Sweden. Ginsburg's time in Sweden also influenced her thinking on gender equality, and uh, she was inspired by one of the judges she worked with who was eight months pregnant and still working. And she also noticed that 20 to 25% of all the law students in Sweden were women, mm-hmm. unlike yeah. her, <laughs> her nine, nine out of 500. Yeah. Just like what, like 2%? I can't even do that. Yeah, that's almost 2%. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good math. Thanks, man. <laughs> Next question. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 1980, she was nominated to a seat on the D.C. Circuit Appeals Court. Her time on the court earned her a reputation as a cautious jurist and moderate. Uh, She served on the court until 1993 when she was elevated to the Supreme Court. During her time on the D.C. District Court of Appeals, Mrs. Ginsburg served with two justices who would also go on to the Supreme Court. So can you name those two justices that she served on the D.C. Circuit Appeals Court with, who then later became Supreme Court justices? Right. Ramping up the difficulty a little bit. Right, right. This is is a more difficult question for sure. Um, Only other one that I could think of would be like um, Sir... Sir? (laughs) No, not, not like it's... This guy's last name is like Salino or yeah, you're, yep. something like that. And it's like one of her really good friends. But that's that's the only guess I have. And I can't name the other one. I, I don't know. So when you're thinking of Antonin Scalia. Scalia, yes. Good. That's the one. That's one. Mm-hmm. And the other one was the justice that was nominated right before her in 1981, Clarence Thomas. Hmm. I, I would not never have gotten that one. Who's but. still on the court today. Next question. Ginsburg's profile began to rise after uh, Sandra Day O'Connor's retirement in 2006, which left Ginsburg as the only serving female justice. Her increasingly fiery dissents, particularly in Shelby County v. Holder, led to the creation of an internet meme comparing her to which rapper? <laughs> the Notorious B.I.G. The Notorious B.I.G. Uh, that's all I had for that one. That's all there is to it. <laughs> so she's the notorious RBG. RBG. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well, but it reads no. well when you, when it's written down, it makes sense. But uh, yeah, I, I did it a little bit. Like I saw some of that and it was like, I, there's like apparently a quote from her that was like, we actually have a lot in common. We're both, uh, born and raised in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's all. Big news, uh, that, yeah. That, that's everything y'all have in common, <laughs> and I think that's probably everything they have in common. That's really all that she. If she wants a, if she wanted a political lifestyle, then she probably didn't want much to be in common with Big. All right, Biggie. So that's actually all I have about her career. But I've got two f- final questions about her appearance in popular culture. Okay, let's let's see what I can do. In 2018, a biographical legal drama film uh, starring Felicity Jones as Ginsburg told the story of Ginsburg's representation of Charles Moritz in Moritz v. Commissioner, a case before the United States Court of Appeals of the Tenth Circuit. What was the name of that film? Goodness. Probably like The Great Descent. Man, I have no idea. I have 2018 movies. No clue. So it kind of has to do with... uh, If it wasn't Avengers, I wasn't interested. Yeah. It was called On the Basis of Sex. Oh. On the Basis of Sex was that film hmm. it's a bad name and i'll get into that later but it's a, it's a poor chase of name poor well it's like of... a legal term right no, no no i get it i get it but final question in 2016 ginsburg collaborated with her biographers to put together a collection of her speeches and writing dating back to 
her to eighth grade. Uh, this collection was released as a book under what title? Ooh, man! I read I read over it and it was a blip. It was a New York Times bestseller, obviously. Side note: Have you ever heard someone talk about their book and it not be listed as a New York Times bestseller? I feel like every book is a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, it's a pretty um, self-explanatory title. There's not really anything unique about the title to her, I guess. But it's a collection of her writing. Is it like Ruth's collection? No, it's not know. even that specific. It's like you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It is called My Own Words. My Own Words. That's what it's called. <laughs> So there you go. That's all I have. I'll take it. You done good, Hibs. Thanks, man. You got Thanks, the man. good chunk of the detail-oriented ones about uh, her life. So right. uh, you can sit on your laurels. Be happy. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, what I was saying earlier about um, the Movie on the title. basis of sex yeah. being a poor choice of title was that uh, in a lot of her writings and stuff for trials she would use the term gender versus the word sex mm. when describing someone um, and it was suge- suggested to her by a uh, by her secretary actually to make this change but she made the change um because uh, her and her secretary were afraid that the word sex would be too distracting to the male judges which i thought was hilarious interesting <laughs> hmm. yeah but, i wonder if they address that in the movie at all or they just thought that would be a more appealing title Probably a more appealing tile, title, which is the exact same reason that they wanted to leave it out of. Interesting. Ironic. Uh, okay. Isn't it ironic? Yeah. Thanks, Alanis. Don't you think? <laughs> anyway, now we're going to move on to my hot seat topic. Yeah, tell the people about it. Suggested by Texas Mom. We've mm-hmm. got... We love her. <laughs> History of the trampoline. <laughs> the, the wide tome that is the history of the trampoline. The wide tarp. That Ooh. is. Um, what? What? Tell me. Tell me about your thoughts. How did you feel going into the research? How do you feel the research went? Didn't no. I? Didn't know almost anything about right. the history. I guess I expected it to be them to be older than they were. If that makes oh, sense. Okay. Because it's right. kind of a 20th century thing. Right. But I guess I thought recent. it was older than that in my head. Just like right. I thought, you know, 1800s maybe they would have been messing around with it. But nope. Sure. Not really. Uh, so there wasn't much like depth of history, but there's a lot of, you know, it's an Olympic event now. It is. It's used in training for a lot of different sports. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of applications of it. It's one of the most dangerous recreational activities for kids. What's not to I love it. about I'm it? I'm fine. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Let's so it's not like you went in with one, one idea and you kind of got derailed, but you bounced back. And so that's good. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. Anyway. Demo. On the topic of trampoline yeah. and its history, you are now on the hot seat. What? Which hot seat? Trampoline hot seat. <laughs> How are we not getting paid to do this yet? That's okay, the real question. Go. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, and this is kind of similar to last week in the sense of um, I kind of threw out the whole softball through extreme yeah, we're just... uh, categories. And it's just kind of a rapid fire. A little more free bing, form. Bang, boing. Yeah. Have a little fun with it. Let's have some fun, you know, just relax. A bing, you know? bing. <laughs> we'll just bounce some ideas off each other. <laughs> just don't double bounce me. Okay, go ahead. The largest trampoline in the world is a continuous jumping surface of 63,000 square feet. Where is this trampoline located? Isn't it in... Uh, I don't like that they called it a single trampoline. It's obviously many trampolines tied together or somehow fashioned next to each other. It's in Glasgow, I think. It is in Glasgow. <laughs> hey, you want to hear my Scottish accent? Scotland. <laughs> uh huh. Good. <laughs> I was I was laughing. I was a terrible accent. That's a moneymaker right there. Um. All right, moving on. Uh, what were the names of the two men who are credited with the building of the first trampoline in history? They built it in 1936. I think it's George Nissen. Yes, not Nissan. Nissen, and then mm-hmm. uh, Larry Griswold. <laughs> Larry Griswold, the most... If you were to tell me, like, oh, what is Larry Griswold? I'd be like, he's an inventor. He is an early 1900s inventor, for sure. Um, but nice. They actually went on to bring some uh, advertisements and to promote the trampoline. Mm. And they, they put one up in Central Park. Yes. 
Can you tell me what animal they rented to jump on the trampoline with them to promote it? Yeah, I think they rented a kangaroo. What else would it be? Apparently, renting a kangaroo was a thing. I don't know how you'd even accomplish that now, but... <laughs> well, I mean, you just created the first trampoline. What's... They're just going to give you the kangaroo. The sky's the limit. <laughs> you can You can touch the clouds now, so... That was just a jumping off point for later things that they were going to do. Absolutely, yeah. They they just <laughs> got springboarded in the future. Okay, that's enough. The name trampoline uh-huh. being being derived from a Spanish word. Uh-huh. Uh, but when translated, what does the Spanish word of el trampolino mean in English? Wasn't it... Um, oh. I, I love how cocky you are in your answers. Well, oh, I've read it? it. I read it, so I'm yeah, just no, trying no, to remember. Should be, should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Take your time. Don't crack the egg. I mean, it's diving board or spring... Diving board, I think. Diving board, final answer? Yeah. That's correct. All right. Nicely <laughs> done. You jumped on that one. <laughs> when thinking... <laughs> when thinking of the history of the trampoline, many people's thoughts go immediately to the image of people jumping from a fiery building oh. in a Western Keaton-esque fashion, only to be caught by a ring of firefighters. Now, this apparatus... That was used to catch people from uh, from near certain death goes by what name? Ooh, I had to crank it up a little bit for a harder. Yeah, I don't know what they this call is, that. At least, at least I, for me, is what I thought. I th- I would have thought this device would have come first. Yeah, and I think it did actually. I think it came. Like, I think this was the device you would think would be like, oh, in the eighteen hundreds. Right. I think it said like eighteen late eighteen eighties or something like that. Yeah, I think that's correct. But. Uh, the actual name of this device. I don't know. If this I want to know. I want to. I want to say it's like some kind of blanket, like fire blanket. That's a different thing, but <laughs> fire, like a bl- blanket of some kind. I don't know. Sure. Uh, the colloquial term was jumping sheet. Jumping sheet, or the more um, exact term is the Browder life safety net. Could be Broder. B R O W D E R. Browder Life Safety Net. Browder Life Safety Just Net. Just rolls off the tongue. Doesn't it? Go get the like Browder every... Life Safety Net. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't work. Mm-mm. So that's probably why they change it to jumping sheet. There you go. Perfect. Because, you know, the first guy on the job, his first day, it's like, hey, man, go get the Browder Life Safety Net. And he'd be like, what is that? It's like, oh, go get the jumping sheet. Oh, I know exactly what that is. Genius. All right. Your <laughs> final question uh-huh. for the history of the trampoline. In World War II. Ooh. What branch of the military used trampolines in order for troops to enhance their body awareness in the air and learn how to better control their movement? Ooh. Well, I would have thought in World War II, World it's War II. probably like the, you know, air infantry, but okay. um, it might be like the Air Force, like fighter pilots. I thought I read fighter pilots used it, so I'm going to say Air Force, but. You're on the right track, and it was fighter pilots, but it was the Navy. Oh, Okay. Kind of a, I mean, yeah. I'll give it to you because that's... The question was which branch, so... Right. But yeah, that's all I got on the history of the trampoline. The history least. of the trampoline. And there was some... Boy- interesting... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually pretty interesting. Any, any other facts that you want to throw our way? Anything well, else that you... I was researching, like, it's an Olympic event. They have men's singles and women's singles. Mm-hmm. But there's also other events that are contested at the like the world championships. They have like synchronized trampoline routines. Oh, those, that's my favorite one because when they screw up, they go flying. And then I noticed, uh, well, I guess the first time it was in the Olympics was in the year 2000. Okay. I thought that might come recent. up in Sydney. Yeah. So it's a pretty recent event. What else? There was a lot of stuff, a lot of websites. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I don't really have any interesting facts, but there's a lot of websites where trampoline selling websites, they were like, as opposed to the popular conception, trampolines are very safe. <laughs> like almost oh, yeah. every website I went to said, they're very safe. They're not dangerous at all. <laughs> Don't read into <laughs> it at all. They're safe. Just so it's buy like, it. Just makes me like, if you have to say they're safe at every single website, I'm like sort of questioning whether that's true. But right. I yeah. just thought that was funny. I, one thing that I saw interesting is that um, because of the centrifugal forces, or the gravitational forces that are exerted on your body when you're on the when you're doing the trampoline, mm. it increases blood flow through your eyes, oh. and so if you jump on the trampoline more, your it could potentially help with your vision and keep your your eyes stronger. Like the muscles in your eyes can be stronger. 
So what you're saying is trampolines cure blindness. Yes. I mean, that is true. <laughs> I, did, I read a paper on it. I read one something, a little research article about it. And the issue, although it is, it can be used to cure blindness, what the issue is, is getting the blind person to begin jumping. <laughs> that first. If only science could bridge that gap, we, we yeah. would get somewhere. No, let's not. Let's not joke about such things. Uh, Blind people don't like to be told. Just keep walking. Moving on. We enjoy this hot seat segment, and we hope you as a listener enjoy it as well. Uh, And to that end, we have a couple of listener suggestions here. Well, we have one listener suggestion on Twitter, and it comes from Superfan Zach. And he just, he thanks us. He says, thanks for the clarification last week, uh, talking about Messi Mm -hmm. with the international goals goals record. And he says, anyways, when are y'all going to talk about Mobile, Alabama? (laughs) So... He's been really driving he that point home. He suggested that a while ago, and we've had it on our list, and it's just never come up, but I think this week is the week. This week's the week. So you're going to do some research, I'll, and I'll try I'll and ask you questions for, about it. Is it, mob, is it mobile? 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 I say I mobile. We'll I don't know. Mobile? I'm going to go with mobile just to be pretentious. Okay. And then, exciting news on the email front. Ooh, hit me with it. We got an email. Nice. A fan mail from fan mail? a new listener. No way. We're growing. Her name's Jamie Hans. What's up, she Jamie? She says, hi, guys. Listening to you from Manila. Discovered your show about a month ago. I love how I learn something new every day thanks to your show. I love the format. Things never get boring. Keep up the good work. One comment, though. Can you work on the volume? It's so hard to hear you, what you're saying when I listen to you in the shower. <laughs> Again, good work, guys. Look forward to more episodes. So, okay. Resounding endorsement, except for the volume, which I can work on. I did listen to it on Spotify. It seems to be a little bit quiet, so I'll try and up that. But, okay. Yeah. In honor of our new listener, Jamie from Manila, I think I'm going to do my hot seat segment on Manila. Manila? We're going to do a geographical hot seat segment next week? An M themed geography episode next week. Manila, capital of the Philippines. Cool. Well, Glad to have a new listener. I'm curious how you found us. So if you could, oh yeah, dope. That'd be nice. We should figure yeah. that out. Twitter, word of mouth. Sure. Maybe the Filipinos love the maybe, podcast. It's just spreading like wildfire trivia. over there. <laughs> maybe we'll find out. Anyway, Yo, how dope would that be if like this thing really just took off in a very unforeseen area? Yeah. Like we started like to like to kind of like do something with our friends, do something with each other, learn something, try something new, and then it's like, oh, we're we're celebrities in the Philippines. That'd be dope. Cool. Well, I have you. I have you on the list for Manila. I'll, I'll write you up some inter- <laughs> interesting um, trivia topics. I was going to ask if you wanted to hear my Manila accent, but I think I think we we should pretty pass. much we should pass. Yeah. Very. Oh, I also wanted oh. to shout out. If, unless you have something else, Do you have anything else you want to comment about? Man, I can't think of anything. Okay. Well, we might have some new listeners from my family. My mom was pitching the podcast around the family, uh, so if there's Pitching it? Does it take a lot of arm twisting for your family to support you? Talking about it, she mentioned it in the company of family, so we might have some listeners from my family. So we appreciate you if you are listening. And if you're not, yeah. you're not gonna hear this anyway. So all the Moans, yeah, thank you, or you know what? Screw you. <laughs> but mostly thank you. Maybe if you're listening. Very good. Well, unless you're have... the Moans, what's your mom's maiden name? A little a little demo trivia. That's a security risk if I gave you that. <laughs> Are you fishing me right now? I've been fishing you since day one. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. No. Of 2016. We appreciate everyone for listening, especially our new listeners and the people who've sent in hot seat topics. Uh, if you'd like to send in a hot seat topic, you can send in your topic to triviarewrites at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at trivia rewrites. But that's all we have for this week, and we will talk to you next time. Take it easy. <laughs>